Our reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was clean, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? Where are the other nine? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Just then, just one of them turned back, praising God with a loud voice. We're about to go into Thanksgiving. We all know what Thanksgiving is about, right? Thanksgiving is all about, that's right, Black Friday. Exactly. That's exactly what it's about. Thanksgiving is the day just before we get to go shop and get some of the best discounts that we can get on anything and everything that we do not really want or even need. So we're really excited about Thanksgiving. Well, the truth is Thanksgiving is supposed to be about Thanksgiving, but a lot of the time Thanksgiving becomes about all the wrong things. Thanksgiving can be about the food. I never think the food is the wrong thing. Now, the Bible say overindulgence is a bad thing, but I still think food is a blessing that comes straight from heaven, and I'm going to go with that. But, you know, we can sometimes make it about the food when it's not supposed to be about the food. Now, please don't raise your hand or look at your husband, your wife, or anybody else in your family. But Thanksgiving is often about or never about family politics, right? That's right. So it's not about family politics. Thanksgiving is supposed to be about giving thanks. It's supposed to be about getting together with family and reflecting on the good things that have happened in our lives. As Christians, we don't thank the turkey that sacrificed itself for us. We appreciate the sacrifice. Willingly and tastefully, we appreciate it. We thank God for what He's done in our lives. But what is interesting to me as I was reflecting on this is how Thanksgiving is a day of giving. We give thanks. Yet Thanksgiving seems to be right next to Black Friday, which actually in many ways is a day about taking. And so we have this, these two kind of warring thoughts that go on because Black Friday, yeah, you're giving, but actually what you're doing is you're trying to get as much as you can for as the best price that you can. And it plays right into this consumeristic mindset that we all so often and unfortunately buy into that we have to be careful about. I wonder sometimes whether it's more about Thanksgiving or whether it's about the food, whether it's about the recipes, whether it's about the family politics, or whether it is in fact about Thanksgiving. And I wonder, even as I read the passage that we read to get today, is do we find that gratitude and Thanksgiving is something that is being eroded in our society today? We believe in Thanksgiving, we believe in giving thanks, for many of us, we might even give thanks before a meal. 
And we might pray. But the question even is, if we are praying and we are saying grace or thanksgiving before the time we eat, no matter where it is, and we pray, do we do that out of a religious obligation or we do it out of a heartfelt sense of appreciation for the fact that everything we have, God has given us, and so we appreciate it? If you truly want to know about giving thanks, and this is what's so interesting, is when you get onto the mission field, you find a lot of people that have got so little, but they seem to give so much thanks for the little that they've got. Anybody been on a mission where you've seen people who have absolutely nothing and you think to yourself, where do they get the joy from? And they reflect on our lives so often and we go, we have so much, yet we tend to be giving so little thanks. I think we need to stop and reflect and it's a good time for us to do that. I've got three quick points that I'm going to work through today that I hopefully will help you from this passage. Some things I believe the passage teaches us about gratitude today. The first is this. I think gratitude is in short supply. I think gratitude is in short supply. We see in this passage that 10 were made clean, but only one returned. Only one person came back. In fact, we've moved from an attitude within society so often from saying, I appreciate that which has been given to me to a place of entitlement of I deserve it. A couple of years ago, I was watching I think it was, a, it was a news report on riots that were taking place in London. I'm not sure what the riots were about, but there was something going on, probably about a good 10 years ago. And they interviewed a young kid who'd been caught, and he had stolen a big screen TV. Like, it was this big television, and in the riots, he'd broken into a store because they broke all the stores, and he grabbed the television and said, Why did you take that? It had nothing to do with the riots. He said, Because I deserve it. He said, I should have one of these. I don't know why I don't have one of those. I deserve having this television. It was like, okay, we're not too sure what this has got to do with the cause, but this is the way people have started to think. In his book, Robert uh, uh, Luton writes on toxic charity, he has this quote. He says, you give once and you elicit appreciation. You give twice, you create anticipation. You give three times and you create expectation. You give four times and it becomes entitlement. You give five times and you establish dependency. How much have we been given? And how much do we appreciate that which we have been given? And when I say, what have we been given? We can look at our material possessions, yes. But we're sitting in a school, which I would like to call the house of God, because it is today, because it's consecrated to that purpose. But we are recipients of the grace of God. We're recipients of the salvation of God. He has revealed himself to us. He has died on the cross. He has bled for us. Do we take this for granted? Do we feel entitled or do we feel gratitude every time we reflect upon the cross, the crucifixion, Every time we open the Bible, which is the living Word of God, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing even dividing, separating the soul from the spirit, do we sense the sense of appreciation that God has come? The incarnation, Jesus comes from heaven to earth. God Himself in the flesh to be with humanity, giving of Himself. Is it just Christmas? Is it just Thanksgiving? Is it just church? 
Is it just communion? Or does it somehow change our lives? Gratitude is in short supply. And we need to learn how to be more gracious. The second thing is gratitude and humility pair well together. This is an interesting thing. Luke 16, uh, 17, 16 to 18. This man comes and he prostrates himself before Jesus. And watch this. He thanks him. Prostrates. He comes down. He's on the floor before Jesus. He thanks him. And then it says, he was a Samaritan. Now, Luke is not wasting words. Luke's not like, hey, I um, don't know what to say right here, so let's call him a Samaritan. He's making a point. So when we read in Luke chapter 10, we read the story of the good. So this could be called the story of the Samaritan leper. But why? Because he's actually highlighting the fact that here is somebody who is an outcast, who almost should not be a recipient of the blessing of Jesus, somebody who is almost on the outside of the inner circle, outside of the people, and he has now been given and offered this great gift of healing, but yet he, because even in his humility, knowing where he comes from, is like, thank you. Now, if you read that passage, uh, then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this. The, imp the implication is that the other nine were actually Jewish people. From the, they, were, they were recipients of the blessing of God, yet where were they? And he's trying to say, here is somebody in humility that is coming. A couple of months ago, or weeks ago, there was a, on social media, there was a story that went, went, went viral about a young, a young girl, she's 21 years old. She's a TikTok creator. Who knows what TikTok is? This is a survey. <laughs> I had to, I, when I thought of that, I thought, it's a social media platform. And, and she was in tears and she was crying and she recorded herself saying, I can't believe it. She just graduated, she's 21, and she just got her first job. And she's like, I can't believe it. I got... I've got to work nine. I've got to start work at nine o'clock. I've got to work until five o'clock. And then I've got to drive. I've got to, I've got to leave at like 7.30 to be at work on time. And then I only get back at 6.30 and she's crying. Her life is over. It's finished. It's done. It is done. The world has ended. She's distraught. Why? Because she just figured out what the real world looks like. Now, some people said, hey, look, we understand, and I know there's a big drive for a four-day four week, and then depends what country you're in, they want a three-day week, and others don't want a week at all. But <laughs> it, we live in the world where different people see things differently, and different generations understand that. And I think we've got to be careful that we don't overwork ourselves and destroy ourselves. But here's somebody, and I mean, this is a quote that she has. I've actually wrote down the quote. She says, um, I get off, it's pitch black. I don't have energy. This is with tears running down her face. How do you have friends? Now, we still haven't figured it out. We're much older. We still haven't figured this out, but it's fine. All right. How do you get, how do you have time for dating? How do you have time for anything? She goes, I'm so stressed out. Do you know, for once, for somebody, for her, maybe, I mean, that's, that's a real issue for her, and, and, and I respect that. But, but here's, here's the interesting thing. 
you take that same story and you give it to somebody who's unemployed, who's trying to pay their bills, somebody who's sitting saying, man, just give me a job. I don't care where it is. I'll sit in traffic for three hours. You tell me where to go. I will go there. I'm gonna, I'm, if, I can earn, if I can earn a salary, I can get something. I can pay my bills. I can put a roof over my head. I can put food on my table. You, you take that social media post and you give it to that person, you've got a complete different perspective. Because sometimes when we have so much, we don't actually understand or appreciate what we have. And we have to stop and reflect and say, but what is it that we actually have? There needs to be a level of humility that just kind of, kind of rises up inside of us. I see this as well whenever you're on the mission field. The mission field teaches you humility. When we go shopping for clothes, we go, not sure this matches my skin tone. You know, I like the color, but I wish it was just slightly more, just less of the green, a little bit more in a turquoisey feel. It'll go really nicely with the shade. And you know, that's, how, that's, how, that's how we shop. Well, I don't know if that's how you shop. I don't shop like that. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I shop where, okay, that's on discount sale, done. That's how I do it, okay. Same thing with food. We go like, well, I don't eat this and I do eat this. I don't eat that. I don't eat that. Oh, these fries. These fries are just undercooked. I can't eat these fries. They're undercooked. You get into the mission field, they don't care. Food is food. Food is food. Clothes, I mean, these are secondhand, pre-owned. We'd like to say pre-loved clothes, but a lot of stuff that makes its, its way to the mission field, there's not, no love in it. It, just got, it was discarded. It was sent out there. And they're like, thank you, I'll take it. It's the wrong size. It's the wrong color. It's the wrong everything. It doesn't matter. We'll take it. Because sometimes in that place of humility, in the place of, of understanding your, your environment, we tend to be more appreciative of the things we have or things that, that we are given. And so often those who have much respond a lot differently to those who have, diff have, have little. There's a story in Matthew chapter 15, and it's quite a controversial story actually, but it's actually quite a challenging story. Matthew's making a point here. He's, he's writing to a Jewish audience and he's saying to them, guys, you need to actually reflect on the blessing that you have in your life. Jesus has come and he's, he's, he's done this great thing for you. You need, to, you need to respond to his love, respond to what he's done for you. And we are recipients of that same blessing in the words of Matthew. But a Canaanite woman comes to Jesus and she shouts and she says, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. She says, My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he doesn't answer her. Then his disciples get upset and they come to him and say to him, send her away. She keeps shouting after us. This is a Canaanite woman. She's not a part of the Jewish nation. She's not a part of this, this gift. And if you understand how, how God worked, God blesses and, and has called and wants to bless his people. He wants to bless the Israelites so that through his nation and that nation, he might bless the world. We see this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Abraham is to be blessed, not so that he can retain the blessing, but through the blessing that he receives, he can give it out to others as well. And so he's like, she's a Canaanite. I did not come for Canaanites. And so she keeps shouting. He, he answers. Uh, so it says, his disciples came, urged him, saying, send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. And he answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and she knelt before him. She's not giving up. This lady can teach us a lot. She doesn't stop and say, oh, well, that's tough luck. I tried. It didn't work out. I'm out of here. She's like, I'm going to push in and I'm going to be persistent. She kneels before him. She says, Lord, help me. He answered. He says, and this is, this is the controversial part. He says, is it, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. That's rough. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat crumbs that fall from the master's table. 
And Jesus looks with her and he sees the faith in her and he acknowledges it. And he goes, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. But you know what the powerful thing is about this passage? There's a statement being made. The irony is this, is that through this woman's persistence and through her humility, through her brokenness and through her understanding of her condition, she's able to eat the children's food while those that were too arrogant and rejected Jesus didn't even enjoy the crumbs. And I think when it comes to gratitude, we understand what God has done for us. We cut ourselves off from blessing. We cut ourselves off from the goodness that God wants to flow into our lives when we sit back and we work in entitlement and we feel that God has given us. We don't need God for anything. Let me give you the third point. Otherwise, we'll be here until tonight and then all the gratitude will be out of this house. Gratitude is a form of worship that opens the door to faith. The same passage. Then one of them, when he saw that, he turned back, praising God. Watch that. He praises God. He doesn't just come back and say, hey, thanks. He goes, I give God praise. Through you, God has worked in my life. I give God praise. And he lies down, prostrates himself. That's an act of worship. He thanks him, an act of worship. And then Jesus even asks him at the end, he says, was none of them found to return and what? Give praise to God. Praise comes naturally to those who recognize the work of God in their lives. There's a famous quote that has been used and abused and misused. And there's this, 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 this quote about, if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know it never got there on its own. Fair enough? How many times do we look at our lives in the mirror and say, hey, I didn't get there on my own? Or how many times do we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, with my hand and with my strength, I have done this. <laughs> Think about it. God actually speaks about that. Deuteronomy 8:17. Moses says to the people, don't, don't get to this place. He's saying to them, don't get to this place because you came out of Egypt and you were slaves. Then you walked through the desert and you had nothing and, and everything you had, you had this, 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 this quail that came from heaven. You didn't get that. It came to you. You had bread. You didn't, you didn't get that. It came to you. Then one day you're going to go into the promised land and then you're going to make all these, these grounds and you're going to sow and you're going to plant, you're going to have vineyards and you're going to say, my hands have done this for me. And Moses is saying, don't get there. Always remember that it's God. God is the one. Go home, read verses 18, very powerful as well. Do not say to yourself, my power, the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Do we recognize the work of the Lord's hand in our lives? But, but here's, here's another thing. We speak about pr spiritual practices. Read your Bible, pray, silence, solitude, fasting. When it's really, really, really getting bad, fasting. Um, what about the spiritual practice of gratitude of sitting quietly having a conversation with your family over thanksgiving and saying we thank God because we thank God because if you every week once a week or 
I mean, there's so many things out there. Once a day, once a week, once a month, you took time when you sat around a table or you sat somewhere and you just reflected and you said, today let us remember that it was God who blessed us. It was God who saved us. It was God who brought us out of Egypt. That's, that's what the, the Passover was all about that. That's what it was. We're going to Christmas. I'm already on Easter. We're moving fast. <laughs> it was about stopping to remember and to say, thank you. Luke 17, 19, it says, he says to this man, this Samaritan man, this foreigner, he says, get up, go on your way. And he says this, your faith has made you well. Through humility and gratitude, this Samaritan leper receives not only healing, but he has a faith encounter with the living God, with the Son of God. He has a faith encounter with Jesus. Think about this for a second. Ten lepers. Nine received healing. The tenth one received Jesus. Who got off best? Let's, think, let's draw things to a close. Gratitude. Take attitudes. Give attitudes. Thanks, thank God for what He's given us. Two scriptures I'll give you. One is 2 Timothy chapter 3. And that goes on all the way to about verses 5. But I want to highlight one thing. Look, look at this. In the last days, I tell you what, every time you turn the news on, you think you're in the last days, okay? All right? In the last days, distressing times will come. Yep, distress, we've got that one covered, okay? For people be lovers of themselves. Think of this whole give me, give me, take. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, disobedient. One of the signs of this kind of last days, distressing times is a lack of gratitude. Simple as that. When we can look at our lives and we cannot appreciate the things that God has done in our lives, there's a lack of gratitude. I can't believe it. I mean, I thought to myself when I read this, of all the things you can characterize those bad end times for, one of them is a lack of gratitude. But then look what Paul says to us in Thessalonians. Rejoice always. What is rejoicing? It's a give. Give thanks. Thanksgiving. It's a giving thing. Pray without ceasing. It's a giving thing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then he says this, For this is the will of God, to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks, is the will of God in our lives. There were ten lepers, one turned back. My challenge to you today is this. Let us be a church of the one that turns back. Amen.